Welcome to the No Nonsense Nutrition Podcast with Shredded Ed, Cardio Johnny, Paul C, Matt Mork Super Troll, and Brazil Hadley. The best infotainment show around where you'll hear us joke, banter, and debunk all the nutritional myths you've heard time and time again, helping you get fit, healthy, and shredded. Right, we are live. Episode number 31. Right. Bang into them. Yeah, this is right. So, um, yeah, so episode number 31 of No Nonsense Nutrition Podcast. We have today Paul C. and jo- Johnny Lewis. They can't, they can't hear your thumb, Johnny. I did say a little hello after oh, All right, okay, good. I thought all right, I was like, all right, bud. Um, that sounded scouse, didn't it? Really? <laughs> yeah, it was terrible. Oh, sorry, sorry. I, I thought my Welsh wasn't too bad, actually. That's, that's better. I always send, uh, or seem to think I always end up sounding like Terry Wogan when I do Welsh. No? <laughs> he's definitely not Welsh. No, he's not Welsh, but I just meant I just sound like Terry Wogan. Well, you know, it's the Eurovision Song Contest and <laughs> Terry Wogan here. Anyway, um, how are you two boys? Let's start with Paul. Let's start with Paul. How are you, Paul? I'm very good. Had a very good Christmas. Good New Year. Back to work. Well, my main job. Um, yeah, it's all good for me. Anything super special going on, or just you know, just sound like you're a bit avoidant there? To be honest. No, no, no nothing. I've got nothing really much to report. Okay. All right. How's your How's your diet and training going? As I'm kind of caught in the middle, whether to chop a little bit of the excess Christmas uh, chub that's probably been accrued. Actually, to be fair, it was already coming way before then. Or continuing sort of trying to gain some muscle and worry about it six months down the line. Caught in two minds. You know what you need, mate? Mini cup? No. Don't associate that with me. I'm not a mini cup. No, um, probably coach, yeah. Mm. It's an option. It's an option. They might help you make that decision-making process because that's one of the good things about a coach is they can talk through kind of the pros and cons of different types of aspects of what to do next, goals, etc. And you know, they help you figure that stuff out. Yeah. Makes it easier. Yeah. Good. Take that thinking. Of- Take that thinking away. Right, okay, cool. Well, you're boring. Johnny, what's going on with you? <laughs> Everything has been on with me. As you just witnessed, as soon as the podcast comes on, Eliza decides, no, that's not happening. I'm going to cry. But apart from that, it's been pretty busy, really. Eliza's first Christmas. Didn't know what was going on, but it was still cool. Um... Not really a lot, to be honest, over the last few weeks. Two weeks of doing not much. A couple of walks here and there. Walked a dog, dog up the mountain yesterday. Got really dirty. It's not really anything exciting. I went down the beach today for another walk with Eliza. She kicked off, as normal, in the coffee shop. Um, making loads of noise when everybody's really quiet. But... Don't know if you're the same, Brett, but you don't care. People say anything, I just don't care. 
just the way it is. Yeah, yeah. I, um, I always said I was going to be one of these parents that like didn't let a kid rule what they do. Like, yeah, I'm not going to stay at home just because like, a kid might cry and stuff like that. But to be honest, on the other side now, I will openly admit sometimes you do think to yourself, it would be easier if I just stayed at home right now than have to have her screaming in the middle of like a coffee shop or somewhere where everyone's looking at you and you think, oh. Because sometimes there is nothing you can do to settle a child, no matter what you try. So, um, and that's the hard thing. You like, you just want to look at someone and just go, sorry, pal, can't do shit about it. So, uh, yeah. yeah. I've actually turned and go and like, if someone says anything, I don't really care. Mm. I probably get annoyed with them. Yeah. I, I haven't had anyone say anything at all. Not like, me. You, you get the odd look, don't you, every now and then by, by some people. Like, sometimes they're not even bad looks. Sometimes they're just looks of people. They're probably even a bit like they feel sorry for you, concerned. But yeah, you could flip them the bird, mate. <laughs> Can we watch this on video? If it's on YouTube, is it on YouTube? Yeah, it should go on YouTube. Watch that bit. Yeah. What bit is it? How many minutes in a week? Aggressive Johnny. Cure. That don't happen very often. Mildly. No. So, um, cool. How's your training diet going? It's pretty good because i got a, got a top coach. Top. Who's I'm looking at right now. Top notch. Mr. Brett. Oh, I thought it was Paul. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, actually, it's going pretty good. I'm actually one of these people who've was actually started the diet in January, pretty much. Yeah. Bar from a few days. Yeah. Yeah. So it's all gone pretty good, really. Being consistent Weight. as well. Yeah, consistent. Weight doesn't mean consistent, though. No. It's just the way I, the way I roll. My my body rolls like I it'll fluctuate a couple of pounds a day. It's just the way it is. Yeah. Sadly. Yeah. No, I um, think a lot of people are very similar. I my 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 weight. I mean, everyone's weight fluctuates for different factors. We gone over obviously on the podcast before but my weight I would say I'm probably again probably one of the higher ends of terms of how much fluctuates so yeah I, I, I'm with you there bro cool it's a bit of a pain really isn't it yeah yeah well no you, obviously the good news is you've started you're consistent you're on the way to getting shredded so project shoot is well underway so we just yeah. need to obviously come up with um, a venue and a photographer which that would that would help and some games. And so, oh yeah, and so, well, we should really call it like Project Skeleton or something, shouldn't we? Rather than anything else. <laughs> we'll we'll see. We'll see. We might look alright. We might look shit. But either way, you know, we'll do our best because that's all you can do. Stay consistent. Do your best. I can see there's a bit of a trend here, actually. I, yeah. I, I would say it's probably one of the biggest things you could probably do for your health is be consistent, unless it's consistently eating donuts, and then it's probably not so good. You're probably right there. Yeah. Consistency is a well underrated tool, if Massive. you call it a tool. And, you know, it wasn't even planned, but maybe that's a lovely, lovely little link into what we want to talk about today. So we kind of thought, like, um, so for you listeners, that new year, new me, everyone's on a diet because obviously, like, you know, like we've already discussed about our own lives, I guess we you want to clean, clean off some of the Christmas fluff. Um, January is always the time you do your New Year's resolutions and you just want to start losing some weight. So we thought a really good topic to kind of go over would be um, getting away from the fad diets and just kind of bringing things back to basics. So um, that's probably what we're going to cover today. So um, let's start with like fad diets then. So um, I will define for everyone what a fad diet is and then maybe we'll kind of go through in, so you know, kind of some actual what fad some actual fad diets just maybe just a couple of just we'll just pick a couple because we could obviously be all day otherwise go through um why they why they may not be very good 
well, they might be good, I suppose. Some of them might actually be pretty decent. Um, and then we'll kind of move on to what are the basics of a good diet, what we should be focusing on, um, I suppose. Yeah, we'll see where it goes. So, like, as defined by Wikipedia, I've, and I, I thought it would be a good one, just because I like the definition, I thought it's, it's quite a, a relevant and, and true one. Um, and that a fad diet or they even use the word diet cult um, but it basically said it's a diet that makes promises of weight loss or other health advances such as longer life without backing by solid science in many cases are characterized by highly restrictive or unusual food choices so um, I thought it was quite relevant and that that's probably what most people would think of when you when you think of a fad diet they did also include celebrity endorsements are frequently used to promote fad diets which may generate significant revenue for the creators of the sale of associated products again probably quite a nice little thing to have in there in terms of um, relevance and hopefully people will pick up some of the words I um, highlighted so what so okay so you know, promise of weight loss uh, without science and uh, highly characterized by uh, restrictive, unusual food choices. So, like, when you think of fad diets, what's the kind of first couple of things maybe that go, like, so one of you guys, maybe one each, pick one fad diet each that you can think of and we'll maybe just go through pros and cons and uh, see, where, see where we end up going. Johnny, you're on I'll no, I say Johnny was going to go, but he's on mute. Okay. <laughs> Keto. That's what I wanted to say. Okay. Okay. All right. Okay. Interesting. That's a. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Morning. Choice. Should I explain myself, or are we going yeah, to wait? Yeah. No, no, no. So, so okay, okay. Just, I mean, most people will probably know what a ketogenic diet is, but maybe just a quick overview what it is, just so people do know, and then explain your position on why you think it's a fad diet and. Basically, super low carb. I think depending what you read, some under thirty, some under fifty grams of carbs a day, regardless of actually if it's thirty or fifty. Stupidly low carbs, um, high fat, <clears throat> moderate protein. Um, obviously, the ketogenic diet itself, if used correctly, and if people understand why it works, and it's not a fad diet. However, it is now marketed as a fad diet by Dickheads, I've got one in mind right now, I won't say his name on here, um, who runs a lot of Facebook ads, who was used to be fat, and then, no, was in shape, got fat for his clients, and then got back in shape using keto as the magic bullet. Now, he he makes up like keto as the magic bullet. Like, oh, keto is better than everything else. It's the only way to lose fat. It's magical. All, the ho all your hormones be much better. It's just... The way it's marketed makes it a fad diet rather than <clears throat> the diet itself, if you know what I mean, because in epilepsy is used to help with epileptics. Now, that's obviously clearly not a fad, but it makes it a fad to me because yeah. of the way it's marketed and sold as a, ma uh, as a magic bullet and people are getting on the bandwagon and it's now becoming a cult where you can't question someone as to say, well, why are you doing that? There isn't any benefit over another dietary approach that ma um, matches calories and people just get offended as soon as you question them. Yeah. And that's why, to me, it's now a fad diet. Along with, look, intermittent fast is not a fad diet, 
but people are now marketing it as a fad diet because they think it's magical again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's why I think it's a fad diet, basically. Yeah. Yeah, no, I'd agree actually. I think that I like the way you positioned that because when you first said, I think, well, okay, it's not necessarily a fad diet, but I think the way you positioned it absolutely kind of fits the criteria we said about, like, I suppose, promised a weight loss, weight loss, um, about backing by solid science. Now, I guess there is solid science behind why ketogenics work, ketogenic diets work, i.e., a calorie deficit. But I guess the things you're saying is that the things they're claiming why they work isn't actually the science. So they're claiming for other reasons. So they're not claiming it's because, they're saying it's because not because of calories. They're claiming it's because of some magic thing that ketogenic diets do. Yeah. yeah? So and they basically question. They put in the question, or you inevitably comes along with you don't need sugar, you don't need carbs in your diet. Carbs are the enemy. Carbs mess with the hormones. There's all that nonsense that comes with yeah. the uh, way they market keto. Yeah, and I guess because if they turn around and said. Uh, well, actually, it's because you effectively eat less calories and you end up in a calorie deficit. The question always comes in, well, do I need to do ketogenic diet then or can I just get a calorie deficit by another method? And obviously, therefore, you then can't sell that diet. So I yeah, guess that's probably what That's what it boils down to. How much money can I make by, by spouting as much bullshit and sounding sciencey as possible? Yeah. Um, actually, okay, so, I mean, I guess, like, what's the big... Um, we, we will have covered it, but... You know, I'm going to go for it again. What, what's like the biggest problem then? So, no, like, and, and something that probably applies to all fad diets, then just keep that in mind. So, what's the biggest problem? Why is it a fad then? So, other than the fact that it's technically false promises, um, but because what, what's the biggest issue with it? Because people are sold um, a false, not false promise, even, but this is why you lose weight because you're eating high fat, mm. moderate protein, low carb. It's the carbs that are making you fat, which then makes people think, oh, I can't eat that ever, ever again unless I want to be fat again. So you're disempowering people then to make their own decisions of like how they want to diet. Do you know what I mean? So they believe that keto is the only way they can ever diet. So they're inevitably either going to be on a plan mm-hmm. or off a plan. Or when they're going to go off the plan, they're going to smash carbs in because mm-hmm. they're not having them. They're going to pile on a shitload of water weight. Which may not necessarily be fat to do over a cheap meal, as they probably have. They gain five pounds of, um, of water. Someone will weigh the next day, freak out, what's the point, and they'll just go off and they'll just go off again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess that. I mean, that, that was going through my head. In that, the reason I think is the, the way it's sold. Then becoming a fad diet is because, like a lot of things, you know, you're restricting something. So, like it's like it's in the definition, unnecessary restriction. Um, that is unnecessary. So if you're restricting something, that will only bring, for the most, for most, the majority of people, binge eating style behaviours and stuff like that. Like you said, when they crack and break and end up eating all the donuts or whatever. It's like, it's the way it's marked. It's really, really annoying. It's like, it's just marked by absolute dickheads. It's mm. like, just be normal, just be tidy. Look, if you want to lose weight, you can use my method, which is keto. Mm. Keto creates calorie deficit. This is why you lose weight. People would still buy from that person because they like the person anyway. Mm. So who cares? Just like, just be honest with people. Look, the fundamentals of weight loss is being in the calorie deficit. When you know that, you decide if you want to use keto or not. If you know that keto is giving you fat, giving you fat loss, that makes sense. Mm. Making you lose fat. Yeah. Because of a calorie deficit, then it's not a fad because you understand why it works and it may suit your lifestyle or it may suit where you live you know what i mean 
if it was the Eskimos who eat high fat, that's just the way they live. They just that's what they do because that's where they live and that's all they got hold of. But it's like if someone says use keto if you want to because it creates a calorie deficit. It's totally up to you. If it suits you, fine. Then that's fine. It's not a fat. It's when it's sold as the magic pill and then the carbs are bad and then you can't question anyone about it and they go off on one and they start talking shit and it's like a cult. So that's that's the annoying thing to me. It's a cult. It's like, no, it's just another method of fat loss. Are you insane? Yeah, yeah. Well, I guess obviously, like it said in the the definition again in that, if most of these fads end up being some sort of cult. So, Paul, have you anything to add on that, my man? Um, the job, obviously, like uh, the sort of basis, the outright start, I'm sort of <coughs> was sort of around medically for uh, epilepsy, wasn't it? So, but like with everything, I guess the weight loss kind of. Would you say? Is it, would you agree? It's a byproduct. Um. Yeah, good, good point, good question. I don't know. I don't know. Like, I don't know whether, like, the. I mean, obviously, there are these these benefits for epileptics that reducing or even sometimes removing, obviously, the the needs for medication or reducing fits and stuff. Um, but whether that's, I mean, I guess whether that was the sole purpose of why the ketogenic diet effectively was, use the word created or and and weight loss of byproduct. I don't really know too much. I don't know. The, I suppose that just comes down to a history thing. I don't know. But yeah, not to look right up. Yeah, I mean, for me, I mean, I agree. I agree with Johnny. Um, once it becomes that sort of uh, cultist sort of thing, and then it becomes a fad. Whereas, it obviously does work because the same old way it's created a calorie deficit. If you chopped out a, basically a whole macronutrient, and you're not, and you're gonna, I think most people probably might struggle to kind of overeat on the fats sort of if you've cut out if you lock such a amount of calories off your carbohydrates and then short sort because as much as people are like obviously the but uh, buffering your coffee and stuff like that at some point you're going to get sick of that you're going to yeah. get sick of yeah everything being overly kind of greasy tasting and just the sort yeah. of well that's, that's like anything though that's like anything any any diet like if you have to give it a name like it's going to come down to individual preference. Like some people might still, I mean, sure, loads of people probably put on weight on ketogenic diets because they like peanut butter and they like mm. avocado and they like bacon and like butter and they like all that shit and they end up eating too many calories. You know, it's a simple. I mean, I guess obviously people claim on ketogenic diets have a magic effect on appetite, but again, I still think like the evidence I've seen is still pretty loose or soft they're still not I wouldn't ever say that oh yeah it's showing the evidence that you know it does affect appetite so I guess that's still very individualized so obviously loads of people say mm. no actually do not. I feel much fuller off like a massive plate of rice say than I would do off you know like uh, a smaller amount of fats like some avocado so again that comes down to very individualized I think so yeah okay you got anything else to add mate or we'll not on the keto one. No, okay. So what's your fad diet? What do you think of when you see, think of a fad diet? When I think of sort of fad diets, I will sort of, my sort of go-to sort of thought process is sort of the Shakeologies or the Cambridge 
sort of diets where it's a meal it's a shake that's they're going to market as a meal replacement you have to have two two three shakes of this a day and one maybe one small meal it's going to create a large calorie deficit very quickly but in my eyes if it's a diet that isn't going to be sustainable forever well you might be able to sustain it forever but you're going to be miserable and probably out of pocket that becomes in my eyes a fad diet Obviously, at the moment, obviously, people and most people will do like the sort of Cambridge, the Shakeology diets for a few weeks, maybe a month, six weeks, or whatever. Might drop some weight, not necessarily overall fat loss, as as we all know, because you're kind of depleting sort of things like glycogen if you're dropping your calories that low and not sort of replacing if it's just that, that sort of way, then they're going to sort of come back with a massive binge i've yeah. seen it quite regularly and yeah so that that to me is kind of the sort of fad diets that really kind of grind my gears i guess yeah i, I mean i, I sorry mate, on. No, no. I, I was just going to say like yeah i i like i was going to say something similar i think when i think of fad diets they're some of the first things i mean there's tons i mean i'm watching tv programs lately with all manner of fad diets which maybe i'll touch on in a bit because some of them hilarious, some of the names of diets. But like when I think of fad diets, like shake or meal replacements like Herbalife, Body by V or like Juice Plus, all this stuff, they're the ones I kind of that do stick out for me. Um, and I absolutely agree, like the adherence thing is is probably the biggest issue with them, which is exactly what we said about keto. So we hope there's a bit of a trend there, which, you know, like a fad diet, because it is something that's generally restricting stuff or it's, you know, like really got unusual foods in, generally adherence is the biggest problem. But... So yeah, like one of the things what I would probably counter slightly with though is that obviously we and I'm, I know you'll agree with this, Paul, because obviously we talked about it before. But like there is nothing wrong with very low calorie diets or um, meal replacements that that create a large calorie deficit. Like they have their place for a lot of people and a lot of you know and a lot of the population or even as a strategy. The biggest issue that what I wanted to add, what I think, is that when kind of gem pop people kind of get sold this promise of losing loads of weight and these things are the best things in the world and you know you get all the nutrition you need etc it's like yeah cool i use them i see some results if i stick to them because obviously you've got a calorie deficit and then kind of like you said what happens when you stop like if you don't have any education in terms of how do i then start to eat a normal person's bloody diet at a maintenance for my new body weight etc like what happens? You binge or you kind of, you just eat back, go back to eating how you normally did rather than say binging, you put all the weight back on. So that's why I think like, they're definitely a fad diet in that context. But if you use them with a coach for education, actually I think for some people they might have a place. So, I don't know if you agree. Are you Yeah, no, you yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so as a, as a tool to kind of create a large calorie deficit and sort of action that way yeah i agree that's um but again like you're saying it's the education afterwards where do you go afterwards like driving your car down the road and then coming to a bridge and the rest of the bridge not being built where do you go from that you either fall off and crash or you have to kind of stick on that that you're going to keep going back and forth on that diet yeah enjoying and that's it and then you'll see people um struggle obviously that's what it's a struggle for social situations because you don't have the education to work to how you're going to get around them it just it has quite a big impact i think it sort of it can 
obviously impact your life, your social life, your home life with your partner if they're kind of they're not if they're not on the same sort of journey as you if they're not dieting it becomes kind of a, it can become an issue for couples and stuff that that kind of thing yeah okay that can be like the biggest problem with a lot of stuff where um they don't really necessarily teach scientific principles and they teach other methods to create a calorie deficit i.e meal replacements slimmer well weight watchers tend to be ones that come up as well because again you're kind of stuck doing them forever because if you if you don't have the education when you finish then inevitably people put the weight back on and then just restart the whole cycle again and i guess that's quite demoralizing for a lot of people to go through in terms of losing weight getting to a weight they where they feel happy and healthy but you know probably most people don't want to continue doing that method they chose to get to that weight they want to then move on to a maintenance style diet but they don't know how to so it's kind of like oh well you know we'll just go back and forth and i'll just keep repeating the cycle and you know it depresses the shit out of me um yeah exactly i think like if you look at it in from sort of our perspective that what you want want people and clients to go on and do is to be think of it like schooling or college mm. you want to learn that bit and go on and then be able to go on into the world on your own absolutely Whereas slimming world and weight watchers survive off the fact that people aren't aren't going they might get leave for a bit but they'll have to come back because they'll hit a sort of that that bit when they start putting back on weight they've stopped eating as sort of because obviously there is they're not saying calorie it's not calorie counting but it's sin counting or whatever the mm. uh which is using it's a form of counting energy restriction yeah yeah so yeah it's a tracking it's a tracking method whether they admit it or not yeah 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 okay I, I mean that's the thing like i suppose what i would say is like if anyone's listening and they've done slimming world or Weight Watchers, or kind of that type of diet. I just want you to generally think about it and think, right, okay, well, when I did it, I'm sure, because obviously they, I think Johnny used the word cult with the keto diet, like, it's probably a really harsh thing to say, I don't know, but obviously, like, they are a strong tribe, so when you ever kind of say anything negative about Slim and World or Weight Watch, etc., you do kind of get pounced upon quite often, because they're, you know, they're very firmly in belief of kind of their tribe almost. So, but what I would say is, like, for those that have done it and obviously achieved good results, have you managed to consistently then stay in that result where you want to be? Or have you, or, or when you think about all the times, have you had to go back on and off? Because I guess like if the, if the answer is the latter and that you have had to go on and go on and off, like keep going back to Slim World, thinking oh, I'll put on the weight again. Because, you know, you do see people lose a huge amount of weight through things like Slim World and Weight Watch, like several stone, which is incredible. Um, and obviously that's such a positive thing. Obviously, the negative side is that you also see so many people go back like a year later and they've just put that four stone on or even more. So I guess if you are one of those people, just think about is Slim World the right thing for me? Is Weight Watchers the right thing for me? Is Herbalife the right thing for me? Or basically, it applies to all of those fad diets we talked about, isn't it? If, if it's not something that then gives you the education or something to move on to after the diet to continue your journey, continue your, you know, or maintain that, that weight you want, and you've got to think, like, is it really something I should be thinking now? I guess, like, maybe just to round it up a bit, you come down to that kind of age I was saying that a lot of people say, like, if you can't see yourself doing this diet in a year's time, two years' time, or eating like this in five years' time, maybe it's not the right diet for you. Yeah, yeah, but, I agree. And I guess I mean, just... The positive kind of side, they obviously, I'll always say, the positive sort of sides with Weight Watchers and Slim World is you get a massive community 
Massively, yeah. Which obviously, that kind of support is very good for people. I mean, the only... On that sort of spin, the negative side of it is you get a lot of people who aren't educated in actual nutrition, who've just been doing the diet, who will then read a lot of stuff on the Daily Mail or whatever bullshit newspaper articles out at the moment. And then they become that sort of expert within that. And then that, that then creates a ripple effect of people then being scared of whatever is sort of fashionable to be scared yeah. of at the moment. And that's the sort of the negative side of su- having such a large community that isn't kind of sort of off the science evidence based sort of and being open to kind of changing their mind as well, or being if, if the right evidence is put forward, being able to kind of alter their view. Yeah. Sort of cultish things just uh, so blinkered. Because obviously, if they change away from it, it affects the sort of business model. They have to go, they'd have to rethink everything. Yeah. Sort of sell it. I, I, I always go back to like, I remember, and I can't remember which one it was. It might be Weight Watchers rather than Slim World. And I'm, I'm like, I, I'm, didn't want this to turn into like a Slimmer World Weight Watchers bash because we're not really doing that. We're kind of more on the fat, like it applies to us to say most fad diets. But like, I remember the CEO or the ex-CEO of one of those two companies openly admitted a few years later in an American, I can't remember what, one of the American papers saying that they relied on people not having the education to maintain their business model. As you just said, people had to keep coming back because they didn't know what else to do. So... Mm. And like for 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 an ex like chief executive to to say that I, I, I mean it does say a lot in terms I'm not, I mean like I say I, I suppose like going back to my point I said a second ago about not knocking Slimming World like I don't mean to sound that negative about it but that is one of the negatives for me and that they just don't provide the education for the points you just said so anyway let's move on yeah. let's stop let's stop smashing the shit out of those because like they do do a lot of positive things like you say there are some good stuff in terms of the tribe and whatever else and you know they do promote better eating for most people you know more fruits and veg. Um, I guess the only I have heard stories about people being so pressured though that they uh, you know like in the weekly weigh and stuff they do some dramatic stuff to try and improve their weigh-ins <laughs> which is uh, not ideal because I guess you know people taking laxatives and stuff like that to try because they're so dead scared that they're going to get shown up in front of everyone having their weigh-ins and things so um, anyway side point let's, let's not go there um, cool alright well yeah, I mean, I guess that's the thing. Like, so if you're not you're not be able to stick to it long term, then just, you really do have to think about is is this diet for you? Whatever one you're looking at doing. So, because end of the day, like, listen to this. You know, we've said enough times. The principle of weight loss is literally just a calorie deficit. So, do you really need to restrict yourself into any type of diet to be able to achieve that? No. So, there is the people just to throw it out there that actually want to feel like they're dieting. You know what I mean? Like they, they want to feel, yeah. They, they want to feel like oh, I'm diet and I'm working hard, rather than like be more moderate with their diet and be able to eat a bit of cake, a bit of chocolate, wine, yeah. as they feel like they can't just have a little bit, or they want to feel like they're on to work harder to have more motivation. If you know what I mean? Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. I guess like didn't we? I think we talked about one of this on the other podcast, didn't we? I think where like I think Matt said like he's one of these that has to kind of be on it to be on it he has that all or nothing mentality and some people just can't have a little bit um although what i would say is like from experience of working with with people like people do change their mind i don't think it, like i've had i've had people where they said like 
and actually you two might have seen this, but I remember bringing up a question in the lab fairly recently in the, in the uh, malnutrition mentoring lab about like to ask them for support for people about someone that um, when they're given very low calorie targets, they will smash them. But when they get given a bit of like slack, basically, they kind of go way over their calories because they just don't feel like it's hard enough or they don't feel like you know they're on a diet. It's a bit too easy. So therefore, they just don't care and don't commit to it. So there are definitely people like that, but even like um, I've had individuals like that that have actually turned around afterwards and kind of when a different uh, perspective is put on, like you know, maybe even just like as a coach using different wordings, and you're not you're like you're no longer on like a break. You actually still got very set targets, so they've got something to aim for. That whole just that kind of wording changes the mentality completely. So you know, I wouldn't necessarily say like everyone has to be an all or nothing all the time. They might change as well. So. Just my just just my experience or thoughts. Yeah, definitely. I think as you obviously as you understand uh, the sort of way it is with edu- obviously a, a good coach will educate you along the way. You'll get to sort of learn those, see those things, and see that maybe your habits can change or your everybody's habits can yeah. change. Obviously. Yeah. yeah. People are scared. Yeah, I, mean, I, I, I agree. I'll probably say I'm kind of in that that sort of that sort of area of myself I, I i find dieting easier than that sort of having a bulk more calories and not being that sort of that less restrictive way i guess mm. i'm to find myself just cheating myself at some times i suppose yeah sorry john what you were going to say <laughs> i was actually going to go back to the dieting thing the diets if it's appropriate but a lot of people are scared to sell these programs that people are not going to come back to them. When in reality, it's like PT. You teach people how to get the results they want, but they still stay with you for 10 years. Yeah, yeah. Just because they like you or because it's just, it becomes a part of their life. Yeah. But I so, mean, you're, you're right there. Like, I'm sorry, man, I didn't mean to cut you off, but I guess like, I was just thinking like PT. You teach someone how to squat. Do they go off and do their own squats or do they still keep you on PT? Most people probably still keep you doing PT because they want other things. Like you're talking about a squat, but let's squat. They still want to stick with you. So like, do you really need to be scared that people are just going to run off and leave you? Exactly. I think industry severely lacks integrity in people who sell these sort of things. Yeah. Even the big companies. You know what I mean? Yeah. And the it, worst it, thing for, for me is it's not necessarily the diets themselves. It's the people who sell them. It's like the oh, herb life yeah. reps are the yeah. worst people in the world. Them and Juice Plus. Well, can I say anything, anything I want? You're going to get sued? Yeah, go for it, mate. It's such fucking morons. Like, it's incredible. The amount of shit goes out of their mouth. Is that, I went actually went to a Juice Plus, um, what was it? Whatever, like an open day thing, because someone said, oh, it's a business opportunity. We come down to this place. Oh, I didn't mind, it? It's before I was a bit more clued up. And they were actually saying they could cure, like, um, Alzheimer's and a guy. Are you fucking insane? So I had to walk out. It's like, that is what annoys me about the fad diet, and it's the idiots to sell them. Yeah. Like, you are fucking with people's lives, potentially. Can I, can I say the F-bomb? Yes. Yeah? yeah, you're fucking with people's lives, basically, potentially. So think of what you're doing, you dickheads. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, right that's a, that's a great place to move on um, cool right okay so we've basically said um, going back to the definition again like, like massive promises um, highly restrictive unusual food choice etc 
maybe not the way forward. So what do what are the basics of a good diet? So what do we really should or what should we be considering? Because it's almost kind of like quite nice now probably to tell everyone like, you know, New Year. I said you, you know, we're, we're, we're kind of talking to the people that are now starting to think, right, I want to lose some weight. Then, what do I need to do? So let's revisit it and review, and just go back to the basics and say, right, okay, what are the like the fundamental things that get these in place, and ninety percent of your your things done. We all know the number one: get your calories right. Make sure you're in a deficit, because when you've got that right, you can, and not you should, but you can almost. You will lose weight regardless of what you do, regardless of what the composition of the diet is. You could eat, as people have done, ice creams and Twinkies all day. And if you're in a deficit, you will lose weight. Probably not healthy long term, but it shows the power of getting the fundamental and the principle right. You get that right, then you can build upon other things when you go. But don't look at the little pebbles before you before the big rocks, you know what I mean? Yeah. Calories, number one, without question. Yeah, yeah. I guess if anyone wants any help in working out what their calorie intake should be, because it is very individual, get in touch. You know, we've got free groups. You know, we've all talked about our socials. that They'll all be in the show notes. Get in touch, because, I mean, we've all got guides, I think, written for most people where you can kind of work out yourself and get going. So, yeah. Paul, next big rock. For me? Adherence. I mean, for me, that would be the next thing. Once you've created your calorie deficit, you yeah, anyway, you're going to have to stick to it for a yeah, it's a, amount of, not a set amount of time. Yeah, so do you mean consistency? Yeah. Yeah, so be consistent. Yeah, I guess we said that, didn't we? Obviously, like, be consistent is huge. Yeah, so I mean, out the two, those are your two, for me, those are the two main things to get before you start worrying about anything else, before you start worrying about macro splits and everything like that, as long as you're adhering to a calorie deficit, you're consistent with it, you're going to get results. Cool. Nice. Nice. Yeah, no, I absolutely agree. Um, I think for me, like, the next thing, I think, like, definitely top two. So, like, get your calorie smashed. You know, and be consistent with it because they'll be the two biggest things that can obviously you know, see your results. But I think obviously, like the next thing would be like, okay, like for most people, increase your protein intake for all the reasons we've said enough times that for health, because obviously protein is in every cell in the body, um, but also because like if you're dieting, satiety huge. You know, it is well researched that it increases um, satiation, so it makes you feel fuller. So that's obviously a positive thing when you're dieting, so you don't eat all of the donuts. Um, but also, like, just the, the, the thermogenesis effect, so, like, the thermic effect of food, so the amount of energy used by digestion, it's so much higher in protein. So, therefore, you're going to lose calories straight away just from eating more protein, but the same, like, calorie amount, just from higher cost of digestion. So, probably, like, some big reasons why I think, right, get your protein in. Um, so, you know, as an example, we've said before, kind of around the one gram per pound or 2.2 grams per kilogram um, of protein for your body weight. So, like I said, your calories, adherence, higher protein. Johnny, next. I'm going to go with veg because most of us in general, as in the UK, Western Europe, America, Australia, another one, mm. just don't eat enough. They just don't eat. They just We do eat a 
predominantly junky diet that's high in calories. And so most people could do with reducing the junk and putting some veg and fruit back into the diet because obviously veg and fruit really, better off food you have, is high volume below for low or lower, lowish calories. So you're bulking meals up, getting your micronutrients, getting your fiber, you're feeling fuller. And people need more veg in general, don't they? I mean, yeah. most people just don't get it. I'm not saying you can't eat, obviously, junky foods, junky foods in quotes, um, but people need to reduce the amount they eat, really, um, as a whole. Mm-hmm. Increase, the fi- increase the fiber intake, um, increase the veg intake, and then look at longer term end to bring in um, the, the higher calories. I shouldn't say junk food, but the junkier sort of food back in when they've sorted you know, the big rocks out. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't mind using junk food, mate. I know people, like, especially in the fucking fitness industry, everyone's like, oh, you shouldn't be demonizing foods, good and bad foods, which is right, but it's like people know what junk food is. When you say junk food, like, use it in its kind of nature in terms of that people know what it is rather than necessarily like it being bad because like if you say to someone like reduce your junk food at least know what you're talking about whereas if you yeah. think well you can't call it good or bad well, what the fuck do you call it then yeah because so i think we can as an industry we can't go too far off yeah be flexible as be as flexible as you want and then that's what that's exactly what got people in the situation they're in being far too flexible for they eat yeah, yeah. so sometimes there is a need to say actually you need to rein it in you need to start eating more fruit, more veg, more fiber, whatever, and then look to bring it back in and later on. Yeah. Because giving someone who's morbidly obese, yeah, you want to just try calories. Does it does it really set them up mentally long term? Probably not, because they're not going to have the capability to be able to rein it in. No, it's probably you're right. Like from an adherence perspective, for someone that's got a really poor relationship with food, like it's not easy to, or it's not. Um, enough to just say, you know, worry about your calorie intake because they're not, they, they probably know that. Yeah. Like, what the, the reason they're overeating isn't because they don't know that. The reason they're overeating is because they've got like kind of either emotional barriers or, like, um, like I say, a really poor relationship with food causing them to overeat. So, yeah, no, you're right. Because someone who's morbidly obese, if you go back to the fad, it almost needs a fad type diet with education for that rapid, rapid weight loss to save their life, mm. potentially. Mm-hmm. So they're, they're, that's the use of a fad diet with education because that's what they probably need. Rapid weight loss in their life. Yeah, yeah. Off, tra- off track a little bit, but, you know. No, no, no. no good. So what's, what's, what would be next on your list, Paul? Where's my list? Um, so just... Well, we, kind of, we kind of incorporated kind of the, for me, making sure someone is balanced in their sort of balancing their diet, their lifestyle, just so, again, it makes it consistent, more easy to be consistent with and to stick to. The sort of the balancing, I'm not just talking about like a balanced diet of nutrients and everything like that, just balance so that they're not hating life. No one likes to wake up in the morning and be like, oh, balls, I've got to eat two lettuce leaves before I can even start to eat any what I feel is real food. And then obviously, as we just as we said in the previous sort of segment about family life, your relationship and sort of your social lives. So kind of getting a balance that doesn't restrict you totally in your, across across the board so that you can be happy. I mean, that every, 
without obviously not pulling the ball over anybody's eyes some sometimes during dieting phases it is going to feel tough it is going to you are going to feel hungry but yeah i think for me kind of finding helping people find that balance is quite high up on the sort of scale for me yeah no i agree like I, and I suppose i'd add to that like what we've kind of already covered in don't restrict anything unneedlessly because it's only going to lead to non-adherence which is what you're talking about because i just think like yeah if you if you it's the forbidden fruit effect almost that like, if you tell somebody kind of they want it like you can't have like if some people don't even want junk food but the second you tell them you can't have any chocolate they want chocolate yeah it's just the way the human psyche almost works so um yeah, I, I would say like, and, and that, that's kind of like sometimes like a really positive thing about flexible dieting is when people, and I was thinking this today actually even about my own diet, I don't know why, but I was just like thinking about stuff and I was thinking like actually like that is quite true in that when you know you can have something but you have a choice, so like, and I suppose, actually I do know why I was thinking about today I suppose, like because like a good example actually, maybe I'll go into the example right, so today I went out to the coast with family and um, I actually took my own lunch with me because obviously I am dieting. So I took like what I considered an appropriate lunch in terms of my nutritional requirements. So they all wanted to go to a pub and have lunch. So um, I was like, okay, I've got a choice here. Like I hadn't eaten. I'd bet, I think I, went, I had two bits of fruit toast before the gym this morning and a shake and I had a protein bar when I got home. So I still had plenty enough calories to be able to go out if I wanted to and make that choice to have like a, a pub lunch or a pub like that was kind of needing more tea time really. But I actually thought to myself, like, I've got the flexibility to do that, but almost like because I could, I was almost like, well, do you know what? I'm more than happy actually to sit and eat my, my bagel that I'd made because it's like, for me, it's probably the better choice and keep me adherent. But like, if I, if I, if I was like, I didn't have a choice and that what I had to do, if someone told me, no, you, you've got to have that bagel, man, or whatever you prepped for lunch, you can't have that pub lunch, I'd have probably been like, oh, but I really want a pub lunch. I really want to go and have that for what they're all having. And it's like... Yeah, it's almost like because someone's given you the ability to choose it, you don't choose it. Does that make sense? It's almost like you give, yep. give someone autonomy and generally they make the right decision or the decision that's going to suit them best, a lot of the time anyway. Yeah, no, definitely. I think obviously we've all kind of probably been on diet plans that are, well, I've kind of definitely had some that are set out what you can eat when you, want, when you have to eat it. For me, sweet potatoes. That obviously we've had that sort of thing where they're the best. Have sweet potatoes. All you can have is sweet potatoes. Can't eat spam sweet potatoes now. It's kind of upset to me because <clears throat> I feel like sometimes sweet potato fries would be nice. But yeah, I mean, once you start sort of pushing the restriction, to, especially around like types of things like that, you're just going to create issues further down the line. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Right. So just to recap that then. So like, because I just want to make sure everyone's got a nice little take-home point to get back to your basics. So. Get your calories in check. Eat to obviously your goals. So obviously deficit, maintenance, or surplus, depending upon what your goals are. Get your high protein, vitamins and minerals. So get you must make sure you get plenty of fruit and veg, um, fiber, and obviously be consistent. Just just stick to it. You'll, that's where you'll start to see your results, what you want. So just consistency over time. And I suppose the only thing is worth like, and I think I'd mentioned it uh, to you guys before, but like hydration is important. Drink plenty of water. You'll feel good. You know, you, all your bodily functions need it. Boom, away we go. So, um, and you'll stay fuller. 
You feel uh, fuller? Yeah. Oh, do you know what? Actually, yeah. Something that uh, I've started to use since the conference, uh, the last conference that we've mentioned before, the Allegan Arrogant. Allegan? Alan Arrogan conference. No, that's bad, isn't it? Alan Arrogan conference. That he said, like, a, almost like a really good method to use with clients for people that don't necessarily want to track um, is the whole drink a half a litre of water before your meal and a half a litre of water during, and you will eat less because obviously you have less stomach capacity. So, uh, yeah, I've started using that. So we've some pretty good feedback, actually, and that does actually work. So um, thank you, Alan, Sir Alan of Aragon. It does. Yeah. I do that as well. Yeah, yeah, keen on that. That's, that was nice because, you know, not everyone wants to track calories. Um, although it does, again, remind me of squash gate. So not everyone wants to track their Ribena light, do they? <laughs> no. <laughs> I should, maybe should, Unless you're Matthew Morgan. Unless you're Matthew Morgan, but you're just a twat. Yeah, no, he's not here to defend himself. So no, he's, he's not. Tracking it in Sri Lanka. Yeah, I'd be tracking his. What's the Sri Lankan national beverage? Do you know? Is it right being a light? Possibly. Possibly. Yeah. I just well, I, he had do kids not... at the start, didn't he? Because he couldn't get any Coke Zero. Coke Zero, yeah, exactly. And he fucking cried. Oh, I can't get any. No, it was a Pepsi Max or oh, any Diet Coke. Diet Coke, yeah. Yeah, that's obviously got to be pretty devastating for a man that goes through fourteen liters a week. So. Yeah, I, I think we should explain Squashgate. I feel like I want to get it off my chest, even though I ran enough in thingy. Go but... on, but this is a, a safe place, Brett. It's like yeah. therapy for you. Yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's a safe place. We've only got like two thousand downloads an episode. People are listening. It's very safe. Mm. Is it that? Is it that much though? Yeah. Well, uh, I don't know what our average is, but it's about that. Yeah. That's class. Yeah, it's pretty. Talk those people listen yeah. to us talk. Yeah, class. I know. Madness, isn't it? Um, just my mum doing it a lot. Just yeah, no, yeah, they're, 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 mate, they're unique, and I so I know it's not you because you ain't got two thousand friends. You ain't got two friends other than us. Mm. So, well, yeah, fine. yeah. Um, no, Squashgate basically came about where someone in in the Nutrition Made Easier group hashtag, go find it. Cheeky hashtag cheeky plug. I don't know. Um, yeah, so basically, someone asked, should they be tracking the calories in their squash because obviously they're counting calories. Um, and it turned out into a bit of a debate between me and another guy because essentially my thoughts and opinions, and it is a bit of a funny one because we are obviously arguing opinion because neither of us disagreed that calories matter. So calories do matter. So we're not saying like, oh yeah, they don't matter because they're in squash. What I, my point was really that it's so small a percentage of your consumption um, and it's such a small pebble to worry about. Then like, Can I just interject? Yes. It was sugar-free, sugar-free squash. Sugar-free squash, yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, good. Because obviously, I guess non-sugar-free squash can add up to a reasonable amount. You know, I mean, actually, I don't even know. Do, do you, does anyone even sell full sugar squash? Actually, no, it's a lie. They yeah. do that high juice stuff and stuff like that, don't they? Which is obviously like really concentrated. Ribena. Ribena, other than those. But I guess, like, yeah, you know, we were talking kind of more on the diet end of squash, so sugar-free ones. So basically, most of your, your supermarket-bought sugar-free squash is like next to nothing. You know, like ten calories a serving, five calories a serving, probably. Um, which for me is such a small pebble, it's not worth the almost decision fatigue you get from you know, having to measure it out by, by, by tracking it. It's a bit like a lot of people don't track their green veg because green veg, again, you'd have to eat like fucking four bags of spinach to, to mount up to more than about 30 calories. So what's the bloody point? Um, for, so it's like, you know, you focus on those bigger rocks we've talked about and you're 90% there. Like, why worry about spending so much time and effort doing stuff like counting milk? I don't count milk and tea, you know. I don't use sugar. Like, and I don't, I don't drink 50 cups of tea a day to worry about it. If I have, like, 
a couple of drinks a day with a splash of milk, what difference does it really make? Hardly any. I don't count my squash. I don't even count sauce. I know a lot of people will count sauce, but again, like I don't go through five five bottles of sauce a week. So it's kind of like, well, you know, such small amounts. They just for me, it just wasn't worth the effort. Whereas this guy was like saying, well, you count calories, you count more. Like, you don't just pick and choose what you count. And I'm like, well, actually, I think you can. I think there is a you know different types of tracking methods so some are like counting calories some are just counting protein some are counting calories and protein some are um portion controls which i guess is you know not direct calorie count but you are basically limiting calories by by sticking to portions so there are loads of ways you can do it and my, my like i think it'd be a lot better for a lot of people to do like create a buffer almost so like my example would be if you say say you got given a target of 2000 calories is you know that's your target to, to hit do you count five glasses of squash at five calories a go and then a couple of splashes of you know milk in a tea or do you go you know what i'll just put my calories in 1900 and create myself a 100 calorie buffer and never worry never blink a fucking eyelid again about how much milk i'm putting in my tea how much squash i'm having no that's not right and to be fair like we are arguing opinion so that is just my opinion i just i want to carry out that i'll make sure it's out there and everyone don't think that i'm just saying oh, i'm right but i am right because i put a poll out on instagram and 75 percent agreed with me so whatever it's like it, it depends where you are on your journey. If you're like just starting, you you aren't gonna you are eating like five burgers a day. Why would you track squash? What's the point? Exactly. So because you just take a burger, it's gonna save you six hundred calories, yeah. and you're gonna worry about ten calories of squash. If you're like a competitive bodybuilder, let's face it, are anal and are boring. I'm not saying you're boring people, but you're boring to be able to stick to a diet like that. It's just the way it is. Most are. No, it's no offense. It's just you have to be boring to compete at a, at a high level. Or any level really, it's like all right, be meticulous and be, worry about the twenty calories or the fifty calories. Then maybe there's a there's a I don't know a call for it yeah. possibly. I did, I did I did for people listening. I did say at the very very start, unless you're doing something like a bodybuilding show, why is it even really that even relevant? You don't need to be that accurate. And like one of my biggest things, and like and this is what pissed me off the most, is because like the guy tried to discredit me using like a fucking straw man argument about well. You know, you saying calorie counting basically is useless or because we can't count calories. No, and I said, well, no, it's not what I said. What I said is that labels are inaccurate. Like the, the labels are allowed to be something like 20% out of um, or accuracy. So like you might say something that's saying it's a 500 calorie microwave meal. 20% is 100 calories. So it could be 600 or it could be 400. You don't fucking know. So it's like, why am I worrying about five calories in squash when I don't even know whether the meal I'm eating is right? You know? Then obviously it's like, oh yeah, well you just basically said it's not worth it. So no, it is worth it, and it still works, but it's not accurate. You're never gonna. No, so there's no point being as, like so detailed, and that it causes like this kind of. I suppose I use like um, a, a like a reward to effort ratio. Like the reward that you get back from making sure you're accurate on five calories worth of squash is not worth the effort, in my opinion. But it is worth the effort for something trying to be accurate with like a whole meal you're eating, because obviously it's a large chunk of your intake. So there you go. That's why I thought it was worth doing, but ran over about it. Paul's put his head down because I think he's pissed off at me going on about it. No, no, no. I, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> no, I mean, I, I, I kind of see both sides of it. I can see, like, obviously, if you're, it can lead to that sort of being over anal about things, I think. And so you imagine you went to a friend's house or whatever and they asked, do you want to? Yeah, I have some. I've got. I've got some squash. Then what? So you're going to go out, check them, 
barcode that squash from them. Measure it in a measuring jug. Make sure they're pouring exactly 25 mils of whatever big the serving is. Or so yeah, you can say the same if they gave you a biscuit, but you kind of know you better cut the cream. You can log that as a custard cream later on. So yeah, I I kind of get it. I get that if you're really, really being restrictive, or you're really making sure you're ticking every single tiny box because you're going to be competing, or you're got you want to get rid of that last sort of whatever body fat wise or you don't want to sort of like obviously if you're competing you don't want to add anything in extra that might alter your water levels or whatever or your spelt intake anything like that then yeah you might have to kind of tighten everything up but other than that just a bit of squash yeah. just by kind of I mean, let, let, I would, sorry just go on I would say 99% of us don't need to track squash because most of us are just looking to lose a bit of fat Look good naked, look good on the beach, look good for your other half, whatever. And then, that's it really, not many people are bodybuilders or that anal that they have to track squash. Yeah. If you want to track squash, track squash, whatever, it's up to you, isn't it? I don't care. Yeah, and to be but, fair, I said that. Like I said, to be honest, mate, I couldn't give a flying whatever if you track it or not. I just think, for most people, just don't bother. That's my advice. Don't take it. If you, if you feel better tracking it, then fucking go ahead. And like, to speak on behalf of Matt, he did say, I'm probably one of the people that mentally, as in him, he's probably one of the people that mentally needs it. Otherwise, he lets st- like stuff start slipping in. Like, next thing he knows, he has consumed 500 calories worth of other stuff. I don't think many people would, personally. I think maybe he's exaggerating that a bit, but, you know, that is, again, just my opinion. I don't know. Like, what do you guys think? Do you think very many people would, um, you know, if he said to him, don't track squash, to so then start not tracking other stuff, like milk mm. and tea? And would it add up enough to worry no. about? No, I, I think, think so. right sort of education, not really. I mean, if you're talking, obviously people mention like stuff like milk and coffees and teas. Okay, yeah, okay, that might add up quicker than sugar-free squash. Mm. But like you said, you can create yourself a buffer with that. If you're really that worried about, say, you're an office worker or whatever, and you don't want to be weighing out your milk every time you have a cup of tea, get yourself a, a, a little bottle that you know. So you okay, you weigh out one or measure out one. You know that that's your milk for the whole work day. You can just use that as a your little rolling scale and already have that deducted off your calorie total. Yeah, I think if you if you feel better that way, yeah, I agree. Um, but I still think like unless you're unless you're not losing weight, why why would you worry about it? Like, how much do most people yeah. drink in a day? No, like if you're drinking, yeah. I have about fifty mil. Is it fifty mil or whatever of? squash in a in a cup of 750 mil so if you have four of them a day you're having like 200 mil of sugar-free squash which is like 25 calories it's like are you re- re- are most people really gonna be drinking nearly three days of water a day yeah. no just 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 it's like it's irrelevant pointless. and just to carry on squash gate a bit more as well i think paul you made a very good point actually before about like one Maybe they'll move a bit more because they've got a few extra calories in their body. They might create some extra neat. All right, it's only 25 well, calories. Well, as you said, it was because you'd be hydrated. If, if, oh. Some people obviously don't like the taste of water. Yeah. Or don't like just water on their own. So there's the, cha- the higher chance of people becoming dehydrated yeah. through not drinking enough I think, water. I think so I'll... maybe if they're adding a little bit of squash to it and then they're becoming more hydrated. In my eyes, yeah. I felt personal bias when I've been dehydrated. I don't move that much. 
Yeah. I think a fair few people probably do walk around dehydrated all the time as well because they don't drink enough yeah, water. Yeah, and they just sit there and drink fucking espressos all day. You know? So it's like, you know, it's not, not a surprise. Yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I agree. And like, I don't know, like squash gate, that long mat continue because to be honest, as much as I got irate about it, it was quite funny. I do like a good argument online. So. And it gave us a bit of content. Oh, it did. Yeah. To be fair, we didn't, I didn't actually plan to really go on at the podcast, but it has given us some content. So, um, cool. Right. Well, I think we're probably at the end of that. We need to hit the hour mark. So it's a long one. Yeah. Um, so, uh, anybody think anything you want to add or um, anything fun to do before, you know, to entertain our listeners? Because we are all about bants, 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 some of the good reviews and stuff we get. In fact, we did have another review. Maybe I could read it if I can find it. If you two want to waffle for two seconds. Johnny is the best and most funniest dude ever invented. <laughs> is, it, is that what you think the review is going to say, or are you just saying that because you believe it? <laughs> just saying it because I believe it. Positive mindset, bro. I believe it as well, mate. I think you are. Legend. Yeah, I do. Not really. No, I do I... not think I'll hide it myself for no, everyone listening. Mate, I know you don't because you're you're too down to earth to even um, even think that, but still still um right so the latest review and obviously we had some really cool reviews from what we read out last time um but the latest one which i thought was another really good one so from hjd haggis i don't like when people put names that i don't recognize because i like to think that i pay attention to most people that interact with us but um if they i have, believe i know who that is do you oh okay cool possibly heather okay nice i think because that that is that the username or the email? That was, well, it's just the, the, I'm assuming their iTunes username. It just sounds familiar. Okay. Well, it says, um, five stars. I've listened to every one of these podcasts and enjoyed them all. These guys really know their stuff and get the message across in such a fun way. Carry on the good work into 2018. And I, for one, cannot wait. Happy New Year to you all. So, um, I like reading them out because actually I like to be able to say thank you because, you know what, it absolutely, like, warms me inside when I hear people say really nice things and we get nice messages because you know we do get some nice messages like again like Rachel like Rachel Rachel Waitman I'm sorry that I didn't get your name first time around last time around but I panicked because I couldn't think of your surname and I just froze completely so but I got there in the end um, and obviously she did send us again some like incredible messages again this week just to say how we've inspired her to kind of go into the path of fitness and do some stuff um, and helped her out so like when people say stuff like that, honestly, it means absolutely everything. So I'm like, I, I love it when people kind of reach out and do it. So and I've, I'm going to steal from you know my my hero Martin, um, steal a little line from him. Like, what does he say? Like, uh, positive feedback not given is like an unwrapped Christmas present or something along that lines, doesn't he? Yeah, so, yeah. And I like that because it's true. You know, like if you don't reach out and say something, it's like giving having a good Christmas present waiting there, but you never give it to them. Like it? Yeah. It's nice. Yeah, it is. Cool. Right. Well, on that note, boys and girls, it's been lovely to see you both. It's been lovely to talk to the listeners. So hopefully, um, yeah, hopefully they've got some decent content. And if it, like, I suppose, what, what's your end take a message? If people like agree or disagree, but I'm kind of thinking like if people want to go on a fad diet, at least know it for what it is. Know it's probably not a long term thing and that they're going to need to have some kind of backup plan B when it finishes to make sure they don't then just kind of do a whole reversal and go back to how they were um or try and find a diet that is sustainable that you will be able to stick to long term that does bring you education um so you don't have to then kind of repeat the whole process so i got a tip 
I was going to say, if you're if you are a new listener or an old listener that is going to go on sort of you fancy trying something like that, but you can message us. We'll help you make an informed decision to go for it or not. Just that we'd like, always like to give everybody the full picture. Yeah. What's your tip, Johnny? If someone says <clears throat> they've got the best way to diet or to weight loss, you know 100% from that comment that they're talking shit. Unless they say it's a calorie deficit diet. Yeah, well, that's just that's <laughs> that's the principle of weight loss. There's not a, not a method. The second and the sexier something sounds, the the more likely it is to be shit. Yeah, I actually someone asked me in the gym. Like I said, I'm starting dieting this week. And someone asked me in the gym, like, "Oh, what diet are you doing?" And I was like, "I don't even know how to answer that." I just went the calorie deficit diet. <laughs> don't know. Just I'm not doing a diet. It's just I'm eating less. I'm eating less calories. As simple as that. The only way to diet diet. Maybe that's a new book. That's a book. Mate, someone's gonna fucking rip that off. That's too good. Wait, yeah, trade market bosh. Honestly, someone's and someone. Got evidence of it. Yeah, yeah. Is it, is, is it timestamped though? Uh, they might claim they did it first. Oh, fuck. No. All right. Anyway. If your clock, if your clock above your head worked, we'd be able to timestamp over that. Oh shit! Yeah, it's running out of battery. That's just. Oh, I don't know. Actually, yeah. it's just flicking. It's flicking like it's stuck. What happened at quarter to seven? At any point on any day, because I don't even know what day it stopped. <laughs> oh, it's like Back to the Future. Something's obviously stuck, and like, like, there's been like some sort of time continuum thing going on at quarter to seven. I've actually just thought of something. What? Go. I've just thought of something that's relevant to what we were saying earlier about setting a diet up. Probably a boring one, but meal frequency. Eat as many or as little meals as you want. Yeah. We don't need to wait six minutes a day to boost your metabolism because that's false. Yeah. I guess that's just another fad diet, like the, the multi-meal yeah. diet, I guess. It's like, yeah, cool. I actually, right. I, actually, I actually heard someone say, this is, a, this is a bodybuilding coach who I won't name, but quite well known, told someone to eat 12 meals a day on the last three days because it'll boost their metabolism by 30%. As a, Jesus great, Christ. Great what effort. am I listening to? Great but I said nothing because... It would fall on deaf ears. Yeah, yeah. Well, I've had my fingers slapped or wrist slapped enough times over the last few couple of weeks about being negative. Negativity don't get you anywhere. It doesn't, you know, it doesn't educate people. They don't listen. Blah blah blah. So I've just given up on that. I th- but well, it depends how you, how you view it. And if someone, if if you're telling someone, look, you are you are fundamentally wrong because the science, you are just talking shit basically. Then. It's not negativity. You, you could help. People are always watching, regardless of what everybody thinks. Yeah, they're always watching. I kind of think that. People say basically like trolling doesn't work because you know they don't listen and like calling people out for being wrong doesn't work. Depends on what's done, I suppose, isn't it? It's like some people just are just dickheads and they just want to row all the time. It's like, well, you can. Depends on the setting, doesn't it? If it was like, if I called you out, it'd be a different story to someone like some keto guy calling some carb guy out it'll be a totally different story because it'll just be slagging off right from the get-go wouldn't it but yeah. in a depending on the environment you're in isn't it because you can call someone out in a good way it's like actually i don't agree with you there because of this this and this and then go oh well actually i can see your point of view but i've seen this da, 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 da. and it's fine but it's just most facebook debates just degenerate into your mother 
your mum jokes, yeah. Uh, to be yeah, fair, actually, yeah, I think that's, that's where it falls down, isn't it? You're saying because obviously it's become social media. The debate is now being called calling out. Yeah. So it's kind of a more aggressive version of it's just debating. I'm debating your point. Yeah. yeah. No, no, true. No, true. I mean, actually, it's, it's quite nice. Like, um, actually, maybe give a little shout. Not that he'll probably, I don't know if he listens or not, but there's a guy that I do follow um, on Instagram and he did put something about protein digestibility and that if you overcook protein it denatures and you don't digest as much and that gave me a bit of inspiration for content i never called him out i never tagged him used him um or anything like that because i obviously didn't want to discredit him as such but i did use it as content and he must have watched my story because he actually then the following day screenshotted it and reposted it in his story and said go listen to this and i thought that was so cool because obviously for someone to just be like i'll always admit when i'm wrong or like, you know, someone, I was kind of misinformed and now someone's explained to me how it was and like, I want to tell everyone that. I actually thought that was so cool and so refreshing yeah. because normally you'd get called a dickhead or, you know, you're, yeah. you're a bell for doing something like that. So, um, yeah, big shout out, Simon. Simon Gooding. So, uh, yeah, Again, cool. it depends on you, how you've done it. If you said, look at this dickhead, then he's not a duel again, is he? But if you said, look, I've seen this, yeah. the evidence says this, yeah, yeah, yeah. then it's like, all right, fair enough, I'm wrong. Because every one of us have been wrong. It's just like a everyone's lot. wrong at some point. Right? A lot. Yeah. <laughs> I've been wrong. If we lot. if we were never wrong, we'd all be billionaires because yeah. we'd have the we'd have the we'd have the plan. We'd have yeah. the plan for weight loss yeah. for everyone. Yeah, we sure. could just go push. There's the magic pill. Job done. If anyone wants to know though, like whether cooking your protein, uh, and I suppose like that the revolves around things like cooking whey protein, like in your oats or whatever else, whether it is a problem, it's not. You know, like I always go back to the study where like. They use they looked at the bioavailability of eggs, say, and raw, like you digested something like fifty five percent, whereas when it, when it was then cooked, it was like 90 percent or something. So, cooking is a good thing. You generally get more out of foods when you cook them. So don't start eating raw chicken, please. <laughs> I'm not sure it was a, it was it was a piss stick or not, but there was a screenshot of an Instagram uh, a girl on Instagram who thought, that like uh, you have obviously uh, like steak or whatever, and it's rare, yeah. obviously. She gone rare chicken. Look at this rare chicken. As I got, you can't be fucking real, can you? Yeah, you can't I'll be see, serious. I've seen that chicken sashimi. Sashimi, I can say. It. Yeah, oh, I'm not really enunciating anything. So it's like, really, like that can't be real. Surely that's a piss take because fucking no one's that retarded, are they? But I did see someone on a program as the Japanese do something very, very similar. I'm not sure which chicken. It's like you shouldn't be doing that. No. That's like. Sam yeah. On that note, right, we're going to end it because um, if you're that stupid to eat raw chicken, then you probably deserve to. Sorry, but <sighs> say it as it is. Right, I'm going to push lose that button, boys. Quickly. You are? You are? You lose weight quickly. <laughs> you will lose weight very quickly. So actually, it's a fad diet you might want to avoid, though. I've heard the side effects are pretty shit. Wee. Right, pushing that button, boys. Nice to see you. Bonjour, everyone. Cheers. Happy New Year. Thanks for listening to the No Nonsense Nutrition Podcast. We'll speak to you all next week.